You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Clearly missed in our enjoyment of the Celtics games here in the postseason would be the wonderful television play-by-play call as provided by Mike Gorman. Mike Gorman joins us on the AT&T hotline, AT&T 4G LTE. Good morning, Mike. Is it killing you to sit on the couch and watch these games? Because it's killing us. Yeah, it kills me, guys. It really does. It really kills Tommy. He doesn't know what to do with himself. Yeah, TNT and baseball uses Don Orsillo. No, I don't think they would use him on a Red Sox game. Was there any conversation about you doing some national stuff? No, because they, they have all those assignments pretty much booked with guys who don't make the playoffs. Um, and they, the assignments are all made early. So the fact that I would much rather be have the Celtics in the playoffs, frankly, because it means we've had a, a better year to broadcast and uh, be out of the playoffs and get a few play, get a, get a Denver somebody game. You, I, I, you know, because uh, Philly had two free throws in the first half. I didn't really yeah. miss Tommy. You know, I didn't need anyone <laughs> screaming about the officials because they weren't a factor. But it's it's stunning how little Dick Stockton knows about this team, about the both these teams, and about the players involved. And it just seems a shame that someone like you, who knows it better than anyone, is sitting at home like we and just watching on the couch. It's well, just, you know, it's tough for these guys that you know yeah, to yeah, give yeah. them a little bit of a bailout here. You know, no, they no, do, no, no bailout. They're doing three, four games a week in three, four different cities, three, four different series. I don't know why they just don't put an announcing team with one series and keep him there through the whole time. Now, I know Dick has had the last couple of Celtic games, but in between I know he's had other games. Uh, it's hard on those guys because they, they come in and they do the quick study and they think they, uh, for the national audience it may appear like they know something to the local audience. The reaction is usually, who are these guys? Which takes us to you, and you know this team as well as anybody. You've been around the block into a couple of rodeos with the Boston Celtics. Why, in your estimation, is the personality of this team, Mike Gorman, one that never allows them to do things the easy way and make it easy on themselves? That's a very great question, John. I wish I had the answer to that. I've never been around a more unpredictable team. Yeah. Um, I have no idea what they're going to do from one quarter to another, let alone what they're going to do from one game to another. Um, maybe it's got to do a little bit with, 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 with Rondo's personality. Maybe it's got a little bit to do with KG's personality. Um, I, but I, I hate to cop out on you, but I really don't have an answer to this question. But I've, in, in the 30-plus years I've been doing this, I'm as perplexed by this team as I've uh, been by any in terms of how I think they're going to play. I, they could go into Philly tomorrow night and win by 18 or lose by 18. Yeah. The one would surprise me. Well, it's a team with certainly surefire Hall of Famers, a team with championship pedigree, and, and, and I'm not sure what is more stunning than blowing an 18-point lead on Friday night, not being able to keep their foot or their sneakers on the throat of the Sixers, or the kind of ho-hum way they seemed to approach last night's game, which in my estimation, Mike Gorman, was a must-win for the Celtics. I mean, the first half, anybody. Anyway, they, they played that way. Yeah, there was a ho-hum attitude the first half. Brian Scalabrini and I were sitting together, and, and uh, Scal kept saying to me, look at their body language, look at their body language. Um, and I'm a big believer in watching teams like that, watching how, how they go back to a timeout, how they come out of a timeout. And the, the Celtics were flat last night. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, I, I sent a, a text to Doc as I was driving home last night saying, I don't know what the hell you said at halftime, but you've got to save that. Um, and he, he sent me back, like, I'm not sure what I said either, but it worked. 
Uh, yeah, I, know, I know you're going to talk to him in about a half hour. That's, right. that's been a problem with this team all year long and will continue to be a problem. They're, they're capable of beating anybody or losing to anybody on a given night. Hey, what is this, uh, what's going to happen next year? Uh, and what's going to happen in the offseason, Mike? Is this it for Kevin Garnett? We think Ray Allen's gone. What about KG? I think KG probably is here, if I had to guess. Uh, although, again, he's, he's a very unpredictable character. So, um, you know, he could retire and just go off into the sunset somewhere. But uh, I think if he plays, I think he probably plays here. I think he likes it here. I know he loves playing for Doc. He, he really feels Doc understands him. Uh, certainly the the five-on-five-off five routine that, that, that Doc developed for him this year made him a better player conditioning-wise and is, is the re- reason that uh, KG has been so good in the playoffs. Ray, I think, is probably more of a, of a, a question mark. Um, I, you know, Ray makes double-digit millions of dollars a year. Uh, I don't know whether the Celtics are going to be willing to pay that kind of money going forward. Do, do you get the sense that they believe this is it, that the, you know, this is the last chance to, to make a run at a title? They don't really think they can come back again with this cast and do it again next year, do they? Jerry, I'm having a hard time hearing you. I'm sorry. Do, do they believe this is their last shot at a title, last shot at maybe making the finals? I don't think so. I think they, I think they probably did the first part of the season, but certainly the way Kevin Garnett has played since the All Star break, uh, a combination of Doc moving him to the five position, and I think what happened with this basketball team that really turned things around that nobody really talks about is the team finally cut bait with Jermaine O'Neal, and I think there was a real mm. question mark as to who the center was from this team, and you know it really had been a, an open position with the whole Shaq debacle that happened last year. Um, and once they finally solidified it and told Kevin that he was going to be a five and he moved his game closer to the basket, his rebounding numbers and his shooting percentage went way up, and he seemed to draw energy from playing closer to the basket and realizing there's probably only one or two centers around the league that are, that are true centers anymore. Everybody else is really just some sort of converted power forward. Uh, Kevin was really able to excel. So I think the system and everything is, is set up for Kevin to repeat an effort like that next year which means that, again, will it be the big three? I don't know. I think, as I mentioned a moment ago, moment ago raised the question mark. But uh, Rondo Pearson Garnett, I fully expect to see in Celtic uniforms next year. Mike Gorman, hindsight being twenty twenty, what would this team look like now? What would be their viability to win an NBA championship if the trade hadn't been made and Kendrick, Kendrick Perkins were your starting center? Well, I'll take that in a different direction, John. I think that um, if, if Jeff Green were healthy and playing, mm. uh, I think this team would be much different, would have a much different look to it. Um, I, I also think that you know Chris Wilcox had found a, uh, a home at last in, in, in a guy who was very, very talented when he came out of school and has very, been very talented around the league, even though he's played for losing teams. Uh, he's a perfect fit for Rondo. So, uh, you know, I, the whole Perkins thing, I don't know whether it would have worked. Uh, I, I think we need to wait a couple of years on that trade and see if the Celtics do re-sign Jeff and, and, and see what kind of a player he turns out to be. Hey, Mike, would you compare and contrast the efficiency and the productivity of this offense when Paul Pierce runs it in bits and pieces as the point forward as opposed to the majority of the time when Rajon Rondo runs it? Well, when Paul runs it, 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 it does become something of an isolation game yeah. um, on, on the side with Paul. Um, and it's very effective, and Paul can be a very effective passer when he, when he puts his mind to it. 
Um, when Rondo runs the offense, it's, 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 it's much more an up-and-down-the-floor type of situation where you know, Rondo is, certainly is at his best in transition and, and, and not in a half-court. Uh, Paul is much more effective if the Celtics end up in a half-court offense. I, I'm much more comfortable with the ball going through Paul and going through Kevin as opposed to having uh, Rondo have to pound it outside and try to figure something out. Um, but certainly in transition, and that's where Doc would like to be offensively, right. is getting turnovers and, and running in transition, even though they're not a great rebounding team. Um, it, you want the ball in, in Rondo's hands. How big? If you, if you had to guess, who do they want, Indiana or Miami? Oh, I think they want Miami. And I, is, I, I think they, they, I, for, I think just, they, they like the stage, the bright right, lights, right. the whole country. Really, I mean, I've been doing the rounds of talk shows around the country. Everybody wants a Boston-Miami Eastern Conference final. Certainly the NBA wants a Boston-Miami uh, NBA final. And I think the team, I, um, I think it's going to be much easier for Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Rajon Rondo to be razor sharp against LeBron James and Dwayne Wade than against Paul George and company. Yeah, but you know what? I think they'd have better chance. When Bradley was healthy, I said they got a guy who can cover Dwayne Wade, who can get under his skin, and then I guess Paul and others could take turns on LeBron. But what happens now without Bradley? Uh, that's a great. That's a big question, and I and I don't know what the final decision on Avery is going to be. The poor kid's got both of his shoulders uh, now that are causing him problems. He's definitely going to require surgery on one. Um, yeah, I, I, I do think the Celtics, though, even before Avery was able to step up and, uh, and, and do the job he did on that one game in Boston, especially with that one critical block of Dwayne Wade that I'm sure Wade remembers very well, yeah. um, the Celtics have been in Wayne, uh, Wade's head a little bit over the last year or so. He doesn't have great games against Boston. Uh, they seem to defend him very well as a team. So I, I think the Celtics will go back to the way they played Wade before Avery became a factor for this team if Avery is unable to to play. I know when I talked to Doc, and you're going to talk to Doc in another 20 minutes or so, um, he wasn't optimistic about how much they were going to be able to get out of Avery over the next couple of games. Mm. Hey, beyond the understanding of X's and O's, what makes Doc such an effective coach with this group in particular? Well, I know there are a lot of coaches around the league who are ex-players, but, but, but no one seems to have – none of those guys seem to recall the player experience as well as Doc does and treat his players accordingly. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he's very liberal with time off. He, he loves being in the gym, but at the same time, he understands the players need rest. Uh, he takes the hit for players. He praises players. He very rarely knocks players in public. Um, Doc is, 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 a, is a much better X and O guy than people give him credit for because of this outstanding personality that he has, that he's always making a joke. He's always got great smile lines. He just always seems to be light on the surface of things. Um, and I think there's a tendency on people's part to dismiss him a little bit as an X and O guy. He's a great X and O guy. Jeff Van Gundy has a couple of times this year said that he's the best coach in the league out of a timeout. Mm. Um, but uh, I, I think, to get back to your original question, I really think it's the, the whole idea that Doc recalls the player experience very vividly. He knows what players need, and he's not afraid to give it to them. What did you think of the uh, Brandon Bass for Big Baby trade when it happened in December, uh, Mike, and what do you think now? Well, I, you know, I've, I've always been a big character guy. I think character is important. And um, the Celtics, I think at – at worst, you could say it's a wash in terms of the play of both players on the court and off the court. Uh, I mean, Brandon Bass is just a delightful kid. Uh, baby had issues. 
uh, and continues to have issues. And um, the Celtics, by moving Delonte, moving Baby, and moving uh, Nate, uh, really cleared up the character issues that might exist with this team. And um, they are as, as good a bunch of guys as you would want to be around. I mean, I am fortunate enough in my job to travel with them on planes, on buses, in hotels at, you know, 3 to 4 o'clock in the morning. Um, this is a very, very good bunch of guys the Celtics have put together in terms of character. Final question, Mike Gorman. It seems trendy now to say San Antonio, best team in the league. They're going to walk through, eh, maybe not walk through Oklahoma City, but get past Oklahoma City and probably win it all. Are you on that bandwagon? Yeah, I'm afraid I am, John. I think I, t- I tell you why. This season has been really a grind physically on on, on the players, and and Popovich made a great decision. He had the roster. I mean, think about this: the best team in basketball has Danny Green, Boris Diaw, uh, and who am I leaving out? Kawhi uh, Leonard mm. in the starting lineup. Three guys. You go who? Yeah. Um, and they get the best record in basketball. He's ten, eleven deep. There's no drop-off when other guys come into the game. They're certainly as focused as any team as I've seen in a long time, uh, and they have been fortunate enough to get – they did have problems during the season with Ginobili being injured, but now he's back and healthy. They're all healthy at the right time. Uh, yeah, they're, they're the I'll have another of this race. Yeah. Uh, he's a very talented, very efficient, the very uh, well put together Mike Gorman, who has missed sorely in these NBA broadcast playoff games. Mike, thanks for the talk. Always appreciate uh, talking basketball with you. We'll talk to you down the road. Thanks a lot, guys. Take care. Mike Gorman with Dennison Callahan on the AT&T Hotline, AT&T 4G LTE, with speeds up to 10 times faster than 3G. AT&T Rethink Possible. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.